This is Healing Through Love. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Healing Through Love. My name is Olivia Luna, and I am just a 32-year-old single woman who has never been in love before. And this podcast is my journey to find a healthy, healing, long-term monogamous relationship. I'm super excited for today. I have Francesca Bolum, who is a British-born, Brooklyn-based writer, actor, director, and wearer of just so many creative hats. She is a um, very dear friend of mine, a fellow Scorpio. We have had very many, you know, many late nights of just like talking about the horrible dates we've had, the relationship drama that we've, you know, seemed to be aligned with in a lot, a lot of times. Um, so very, very happy to have my dear friend. Francesca here today. How are you, my love? I'm good. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. All right. Are you ready? Oh, it's going to be great. I mean, we just need the pizza and Prosecco and like this would be (laughs) regular Thursday night. Um, All right. So can you, for our audience, briefly describe um, your early dating days? You know, who are you in the relationships? What kind of partners are you attracting? Who, you know, how has dating been for you? Yeah, Uh, it's interesting when you talk about like early dating days, because I would say that I don't think I really ever dated like very at a very young age. Like I was definitely talking to guys, maybe involved in some situations. But to put a label on like dating, I'm not actually sure that I would qualify it as that. Right. I also um, weirdly like reflecting on that question always felt like my youngest so like late teens maybe very early 20s um always felt like I was really far behind um when in actuality like I wasn't at all but so many of my friends were in like very serious relationships at like such a young age and so I was never really that person um so yeah and then kind of like moving into like 18 19 20 I guess like I had some pretty serious situations happen in not serious relationships, right? And so I think that also kind of um, really impacted like my dating experience. Um, Yeah, who was I in a relationship? (laughs) Um, I think at a, a young age, I think I was probably craving for attention, to be honest. I think I was like, I don't want to say needy because I don't think I necessarily come off like that in a relationship, but I was definitely seeking outside of myself um, for whatever insecurities were going on internally um, in like that validation with mm-hmm. with somebody else. And even, you know, relationships and friendships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Same, similar people pleaser mentality for me. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that you talked about like, I've talked to a couple friends and a lot of them have said that they didn't really get into dating or start dating or anything until like a little into early adulthood. Um, and I feel similar, like, you know, in high school, I felt like everybody was hooking up, everybody was like doing, you know, in relationships, doing these things. And yeah, there was this sort of delayed experience for me, I think, um, it wasn't really anything that was like talked about, you know, growing up. And my parents obviously weren't excited about me like jumping into any kind of relationship. But I think it was also just more like a self-esteem thing for me. Like I didn't feel like 
I could get a boyfriend and it just it just felt like a lot. So it, it seemed easier to just kind of focus on myself and get good grades and be successful or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I got into college where it started to really like the pressure, the societal sort of pressure, or maybe it's just the environment of college, that it just kind of ramps up that desire to, yeah, want to have a connection and want to start dating and sex and all of those things. And when you haven't experienced it early on or had had enough like interactions to know who you are in a relationship, it's like a lot of information at once. The second you start dating and you start of go start getting into something with like something serious with someone, I found that like the anxiety would come in from just like all of this like new experiences at one time, um, which you know can be <laughs> scary right. at that age. Yeah. Totally. And like the and and like the difference between like being in quote unquote like a serious relationship, right? It could just be physical, which is serious kind of at any age. Um, but not actually having like the support of a quote unquote serious relationship is also I feel like a lot to handle sometimes. And it's interesting that you like brought up your um family because I guess like I kind of grew up like my mom and dad are together they met um I think my mom was like 19 my dad was like I don't know 21 they met at a party they're still together um it's like you know him and her and two kids and two cars and a dog and you know and so I kind of without necessarily not like that they imposed any pressure to be like them in any way shape or form and like my mom especially always encouraged me to like you know go outside my comfort zone and whatever I think there was this kind of expectation right like that these are the kinds of like relationships that are acceptable um especially where I'm from like I'm from a small town in the northeast of England and like pretty much like yeah there's a big dating culture and especially like now world or whatever there's less um you know I'm gonna be with this one person forever mentality but I feel growing up I definitely like witnessed that within my immediate family and also within my extended family like I think there was one person that separated from their partner in the entire family and I have a massive family so there was always this kind of like um you're gonna meet the one and then you're gonna get married and have kids and settle down and all that like traditional BS. And if you like even dare to venture outside of like a, maybe not um, a serious relationship and you're just having fun, then that's kind of taboo. Like that's not what we're doing. Um, so yeah, I think because I didn't necessarily have a boyfriend at a young age it meant that even just talking to guys felt a little bit like oh maybe I shouldn't be doing this because I don't know if this is going to be serious or not <laughs> danger I don't know that sense. <laughs> yeah no that's a really great point I definitely like we and this is part of like why I talk a lot about it in my podcast like you know we learn how to do things based on our like upbringing, right? Like we watch our parents do it, we watch our caregivers do it. Um, and then also the community, the culture that we're living in, like kind of sets these, I don't know, not rules, but like this norm that mm -hmm. you, this is your understanding of how relationships go, you know, how uh, marriage and everything, like how you get to that. And 
as the world evolves and we get more into like the modern dating world, it's very different, right? Like technology has made dating like something <laughs> totally, totally different experience for us. Mm-hmm. And so we're now at a point, I feel like, of just like combating between those traditional kind of like things that we've known and always grown up with versus like, what am I like, what world am I living in now? You know? Um, So let's transition to that. So modern dating, like, do you, how do you do it today? Like, are you on the apps? Do you prefer in person? How are you dating? Um, I think I prefer in person, but I, well, obviously in person, I think for a lot of people and, um, you know, in, not so long ago like definitely on the apps I feel like especially in New York City that's kind of the quickest and easiest way to connect with someone which I really hate because I feel like there's nothing organic about it and I'm not meeting somebody at the you know I'm not meeting them at a bar where they're hanging out with their friends or I'm not meeting them at a cafe or whatever like right off the bat I'm literally presented with what they want to present to me and equally like I am presenting me in a certain way too And I feel like dating on the apps is so interesting, even with like the types. And I know that we've had this conversation about profiles and stuff before, but even the types of pictures that we post about ourselves, like I think I spent quite a long time on the apps um, and like, you know, would go through phases of deleting them and being like, I'm never using this again and then downloading them and whatever. And at one point really was like, I'm going to play this game and I'm going to post specific pictures that are all like still very representational about of me. Sorry. Um, But like, I wonder what the guy's incentive is on which picture he likes. So that was like one aspect of it. And and that's also kind of why I don't like it. Because I think it's a big game player. You're playing a massive game from the get go. And there is nothing organic about it. And also, sometimes it can be a complete waste of time. I've talked to guys on apps for a long time and met up with them. And, um, you know, it hasn't, it just, there's been no chemistry or whatever. And so I'd much rather meet on the street or like in a cafe or whatever. But I also think that people just don't even approach people anymore. Mm. You know, like there's been so many times that I've like seen someone hot on the train and wanted to be like, hey, here's my number. And I've witnessed that happen before, like some girl throwing her number at this guy in and being like, ah. Um, but we're like, we don't do that, do we? Mm. Or do you? Um, I mean, so I was actually on another episode. Um, I spoke with a friend about it because she had the the guy that she's getting ready to marry now. She had taken like she, she took her shot, right? Like she put her mm-hmm. number down on mm-hmm. a card and said, you know, hit mm-hmm. me up if you want to ever want to get together. And we talked about that. Like, is that is that necessarily like a faux pas? Like, is it something that we should just do more of? And I definitely think that, yeah, if you like somebody you think you know even if you don't really know much about them but you're interested like express that no, no, nothing hurts um from just like putting it out there at least and like asking right asking questions is like the best thing that i think anybody can do and just trying to you know build a connection or a relationship with somebody um but if you just like assume or you you get into your head too much about like the rejection or am I going to look crazy or I think that's the biggest thing is like for particularly for women right like we don't want to look um like desperate or thirsty or whatever um by like approaching a guy um Mm -hmm. 
we also don't want to appear as like too aggressive or like is this is this making me like too much of my masculine energy by like initiating this especially in, in I'm speaking specifically to heterosexual relationships but yeah. um I, I'm of the mindset that like if you like something go for it like just put it out there I've I have found a lot of guys you know are are you know, excited by that or like interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see that hottie on the train, Francesca, like hit him Maybe up. Maybe I should have why, why not? But sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. And then he gets off the train. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's the actor in you, like monologuing it, you know, playing know, it out. I know. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I'm like, I don't want to look ridiculous. But yeah, you're right. I should just not care. You're being you, you know, and there's nothing ridiculous about that. Um, I do want to go back to something you said earlier about like um, pro- profile photos and like um, the photos that we choose to put like on our profiles. So as a like I'm a photographer, right? Like I'm very much I have that kind mm-hmm. of eye and understanding, but particularly when I'm shooting people, like being able to capture like the essence of a person in a way, right? Like I'll have a conversation with them, kind of get an understanding of like just who they are. Um, and then try to pull out like a little glimmer of that in my photos. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I was on the apps and looking at um, the, the photos that people were choosing to like highlight on their or put on their profile is so like there's there's so many people I feel that are like I can see the insecurity or the kind of fear or the perception that they have about themselves like through their photos. Um, example, right? Like all of your photos, you're in sunglasses or you're in a hat, right? Like you're covering or concealing your face in your way. Um, you have photos where you're in a big group of of multiple people and I don't know who you are, right? Like I got to keep going through the profile to see like which one, yeah. which one are you? And I, I hope your friends are not hotter than you. Uh, no, that's, that's awful. But always um, the case. <laughs> but it happens, right? Um, it's always the case. It's always the case. Or the other thing is if they have a photo of another woman in their picture and like the the scratch out, right? The blurred like crop or whatever. Like it's weird. It just, I don't know. It does, it does say some things um, for me. So tell me about what photos, what are these photos that you, if you want to talk about it, but the photos that you um, thought best highlighted you? Well, I just, I mean, there's an array of pictures, right? There's like, I guess thinking of like this, there's things that I'm interested in. So I remember using a picture and I'm on like a red carpet at a film event. Um, so like you get the full body shot, like, like you said, I don't like all the pictures where it's from one angle or like a lot of guys do that. They, they must get off on the fact that they have a car because every single picture is of them in their car. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I don't care if you have a car. Like, good for you. Don't care. I want to see you. (laughs) Like, this is not an Uber advert. Like, come on. Um, but I just have an array of like, you know, there's a. I think that there was a selfie. I'm not really one for putting on group pictures because I, quite frankly, don't want to put my friends' faces out there. Like, I like it's. I don't necessarily have their consent, and I'm kind of weird about that too because then also. I've encountered people in the past that have like known some of my friends and then they already have this expectation or this, and that can go either way, right? That can be a good thing or a bad thing, but whatever. So I don't do that. Um, But I just remember getting to the point where I put on my profile exactly what I wanted, right? And that I was looking for something serious and I was getting all of these guys that initially wanted something serious too. And it never turned out that way. 
And as I was like updating my profile, I was like, okay, I'm going to put, I don't want to say this. <laughs> you might ask this later. <laughs> but I have like a picture that's like, you know, I'm in a bathing costume in a swimming pool, drinking a glass of wine, having fun. It was with my friend, you know. But I'm like, I wonder what the guy's incentives are that like that picture versus liking, say, the one on the on the at the film event, right? Like, do, is there any commonalities? And maybe there isn't. And maybe that's like me playing a game that I shouldn't be on these apps. But I just feel like having been on and off them for like quite some time in New York, like I've been here ten years, so you know, um, I'm. I have a really hard time buying trusting people's words on the apps. That they and that they're not necessary. Maybe that would translate even if I wasn't meeting them on the apps. Quite frankly, who knows? But I have a hard time um, with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all of that is fair, and I. I definitely think that that's part of the reason why I no longer am on them. Like that game aspect, you said it perfectly, right? It does feel, it starts to feel like a game. Um, and literally even the apps itself, you know, having to pay to see like those top mm -hmm. tier matches, like that to me is like, what is this for? You know, like if I'm here to meet somebody and your whole stitch is like, you know, we want you to delete the app because you fell in love, like connect me with those top like matches then, you know, right. um, you're making me have to pay for them. Um, so yeah, so all of that does, does add a layer. And again, not to shit on apps. I know that like there, there are so many great couples and people who meet through these apps. And, um, I, like you said, when you live in a big city or you, you, um, you know, you have a, a job or whatever that's really demanding. It's hard sometimes to get out, mm -hmm. meet people who one are looking today and open today, um, who at least like kind of a match uh, or align with some of your ideals, right? At least through the dating app, you know, everyone here is today. You get a sense of, of a gentle sense of who they might be, you know, right. in their profile. So there are benefits to it, but there's this balance, right? And 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 to go back to the photos too, yeah, like you know understanding the gender dynamics that might be a part of it too, right? Like we know that men are visual creatures and they are looking at those things, whether I'm trying to put it up right. there or not, right? So uh -huh. um, is it worthwhile like testing that to see, you know, what kind of responses that we're getting? Um, or also just like, you know, just being yourself. That's always what I would say. Like if you're going to be on these apps, like be your true, honest self, try to come across as authentically as you can, um, please don't catfish. Please don't lie. Like, oh my god, I'm done uh, with a catfish. Love who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I feel you. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like? Okay, so now we're on the date. Like, what is a good, like, fun, ideal date for you? I think somebody that takes like initiative to really plan something. So like if we've had a conversation and they were taking kind of notes on, you know, what I'm interested in or whatever, to then go ahead and take control and be like, here are the options for, say we're going for dinner, here's the restaurant options or here's the bar options or whatever, as opposed to somebody that is just like, all right, can I meet you on Friday? Where's in the middle? You know what I mean? Like actually planning. Um, and I know, so like one of my favorite dates, favorite first dates, um was actually like probably one of the best dates I've ever been on it was so sweet we both decided to be tourists in New York 
And so we like met in Dumbo um, because he'd actually just moved here not so long ago. And so he was like, I want to walk the Brooklyn Bridge. And at first I was like, oh, this is like, how many times have I walked this bridge? But then he'd have this whole like agenda planned. So I showed up, we walked to Dumbo. We ended up getting lunch in Dumbo. Then we walked the Brooklyn Bridge. He'd planned like this rooftop cocktail bar at the other side that also had, um, I'm like forgetting what area that is, but it also had like ice cream and like a really nice like restaurant and stuff. And we literally, we just sat, we, we walked the bridge and then we got to the other side, we got ice cream and we sat and talked for hours. I think the day literally went on for like 14 hours. We spent like the whole day and most of the night together. Um, and then um, it was a Scorpio full moon too. And we ended up sitting <laughs> and we were both Scorpios. It was a little crazy. Um, but we ended up sitting and like in this, you know, open fronted um, wine bar on the river, what like looking at the full moon and like just talking. And that was probably the most like romantic date that I've ever been on and I was like and I, I really didn't just didn't want it to end like it was so beautiful um but it wasn't really about the like it wasn't about the lunch or like the cocktail bar or the full moon it was literally like the conversation and honestly like the amount of times I had to stop because I was laughing so much like was insane so that was probably one of my that's what I like in a date because I really I, I don't really care about like I'm also not one necessarily for like big adventurous activities on a date. Like I do just want to sit in a kind of chill atmosphere and like really just talk. Um, yeah. I love that. And you, like, I like that, like, you know, you use where you are, right? Like you use, I mean, we're in New York city. We're at a huge advantage in that. Like there's tons of really mm -hmm. great re restaurants and, you know, activities and things like that to do. But even I live, I've lived here for 10 years now too. There's so many things that like, I still have yet to experience here. And mm -hmm. so when someone, like you said, is like able to really, um, put in the time to like plan out and like get the most out of wherever you are and experience something together, like that is like, Oh, such a love language. I don't know what language that is. Like, oh how God. would you quantify that? But Exactly. Yeah. But also, like, to not even tell me the whole plan as well. Like, we're just walking across and he's like, oh, yeah, so I planned that we'd go to this place and this place and whatever, you know. And I was like, okay, you really, you really thought about this. <laughs> it's nice. Yes. It's a nice little surprise, too. Um, I feel like sometimes I get like, this is my controlling side kind of coming in, but like, I do want to kind of know roughly how long we're going to be, you know, out and about, um, and, and where we're going to like end. Um, because you know, I, I have a dog, I can't like spend all night out long. I do have to come home eventually, but, um, I think that, that that's super sweet. Like when, you know, they could just really be, just be so thoughtful about it and, you can both sense like, okay, this is this is actually going really well. Like, let's just keep it going. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, let's go freaking 14 hours. Um, but I do have a question though. Do you ever think that like sometimes a date can be too good to the point where like- Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, I'm not with that guy. Yes, um, this is you true. Know, you know what Was I mean? he not consistent like, I... like with the follow through of it? 
No, it was very, it was consistent um, for a while on these very romantic dates, um, mm. almost like too good to be true. And then I think um, an earlier question that I think you touched on was like, who am I in a relationship? And like, what kind of relationships do I attract? Right. So that this kind of plays into that. So like me in a relationship, I fall fast. Like I am very much an all or nothing person. And sometimes that's to my like detriment that I really dive in at the deep end or I don't even dip my toes in. So I'm like already kind of like heavily involved, right? And so, but I also feel like I um, fall in love with people's potential and who they show me to be at the first time like I meet them, which everyone's on the best behavior the first however long, you know. And then the real kind of things come out and you realize like maybe I've become attracted to somebody that like isn't them or was just who they were showing me kind of thing. And I always feel like, or I used to feel I'm like really hardcore working on it to not become um somebody that like really puts myself on the back burner because I feel like um I really push other people to I, I like to see the best in other people and I also want to fix everything um and then that comes with like putting my own needs yeah babe same <laughs> same all day I know yeah. I'm like, where's the person? We're friends, everybody. We're like the same person sometimes. Anyway. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you you push for like the other person to be that the best kind of person that you think they are. And then I sometimes, more so in the past, have felt like I've molded myself to accommodate that person. And then the person I become is not who I am. Mm. You know? Yeah. Did, yeah. did I just go on a tangent? No, you hit it. I mean, falling in love with someone's potential is my toxic trait for sure. Um, <laughs> and it's exactly as to what you said, like, right? Like you, you can see like how, like the best of like who this person can be. Um, and so you, you do want to like help, you want to heal, you want to like cultivate like their greatness. And meanwhile, like, you're miserable. You're, you're, you know, staying up late, you know, trying to get this person to like engage with you and you're doing, you're putting in all of this effort and it's not being reciprocated. And yeah, your own needs end up falling to the wayside. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that I am really trying to be more cognizant of as I go into dating. And, um, as I like look at my relationships and everything, I want to just fall in love with exactly who you tell me you are, right? Like I'm not going to project, like if you, if you have potential, great, good for you. That's for you to realize. I'm going to realize my own potential and work on myself. And, you know, if, if I'm going to fix or save anybody, it's going to be me first. Um, I'm here to support and have a good time with you. But, you know, we can challenge each other for sure. But I think mm -hmm. your work is your work. My work is mine. I, it, this This whole like trying to I don't know, base a whole relationship off of the potential of how great it could be. It, it can be so intoxicating because it only takes one time, right? It only takes one time for them to like yeah. need it and to get there and it's great. And then you equate that to, you know, every, every relationship that you have. Right. Um, like right. if I just work hard enough, like I'll get there. That's what, right. that's what I feel like a lot of like my, I don't know, societal, 
um, messaging was. Like if you just put in the work into a relationship and you really just like dig in and stick it out <laughs> through the good and bad and the really bad, um, mm-hmm. you'll get to love and you'll get to the happiest life ever. And that's sometimes it's not the case. Like people have to decide um, to love and to really invest in a relationship. And if somebody is showing you that they're not, sayonara. Thank you. Goodbye. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, can you tell me a little bit about, I think we, we talked a little bit about this, but what is your love language? Do you have a particular? All of them. <laughs> all of them? <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's not all of them. I actually <laughs> had to really think about this question because for, so for a long time, I used to be like, why is quality time on the list? Obviously, quality times are given I couldn't be like more wrong if I tried right because I find this in friendships in family relationships in romantic relationships like you can be with a person and they're not there and that for me so quality time like I don't want to say undivided attention but like you know intention of like being with me in that moment is super important in a way that I never thought it ever would be because I feel like I'm the kind of person that like if I you know if I'm hanging out with you or I'm talking to you or whatever I really want to invest and be present in that but that's not always a given for some people like sometimes you can be hanging out with someone and they're on the phone 24 7 or they're doing a work call or they're whatever and so like quality time is massive for me um as is physical touch. You know? <laughs> yes, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> so what else? There's nothing else. Touch me and spend all your time. Touch me um, and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spend 14 God, hours with me on a day. Olivia, I'm never going to get another day in my life. No, no. There's so many. Like, people. I'm finding there's a lot more people who really do like that quality time. And I don't... Maybe it's a result of the pandemic and, like, us having this weird, like, two, three years of not really communicating, not really being able to spend, like, actual physical time together. Um, the more people I talk to, like, yeah, actually, quality time is really, really important because we could go through that shit again and I, I won't touch anybody or be around anybody for months and months and months, so... But also in the from like from the aspect of like, I feel like during the pandemic, we all became more available with technology, right? Like we were all at the drop of a hat on a Zoom meeting or on a call or super accessible. And because like at the start, a lot of us, like some of us were, I was out of work and like whatever, I had all this time on my hands. And so I was just accessible all the time. And I don't think that stopped when we like started to come out of it and like back to react, like to, to our normal. Um, and so I feel like for a lot of people, like either work-wise or personal life-wise, they are accessible 24-7, which means like even when you're on a date with somebody or in a, hanging out with someone or whatever, they're still ex- that accessible to like everybody else. And so like the importance for me of like being able to be like, I'm turning my phone, I'm putting my phone somewhere else or I'm like, I'm literally just here and I'm not clock watching or double booking myself every single time, you know, um, it's like really important in that, in that regard. Yes. Give me my full shot with you, right? Like, let me really 
experience who you like if you're here with me like be with me right I was on a date you know with a guy and and we we had been dating for like a month or so and um the whole time I noticed like he was getting messages from you know another young woman and not that I was like looking at his phone or anything, but like his mm-hmm. phone was out throughout most of the date. It's Scorpio on the table. It's right there. Him. Right. Like, I mean, put your phone away maybe and I wouldn't have seen it, but your phone was out. It's there. It's in front of me. And I just kind of noticed that. And I did bring it up and come to find out that like, you know, she was a friend, but like more than a friend too. And they were talking as well. So it just kind of felt like, well, damn, what was I like? I'm on this. I'm, I'm having a great time on this date. I'm experiencing you. I'm present with you. And meanwhile, what? Like every time you go to the bathroom, you're also kind of talking to this person. Like it mm-hmm. sucks. It sucks. If there was some honesty about it from the jump, like if people are down for like open things or whatever, like that's totally, you know, your prerogative. Great. But if I've, you know, if I have come with the intention of really just wanting to see you and know you like that is my love language right like I want to embrace like you know all mm-hmm. of who you are in in this moment and not like feel like you know I'm half in half out elsewhere you know and not as fully present with this so I totally feel that and I think that that's maybe maybe now quality I don't know I went back and forth I was like Physical touch might be a love language. Gift giving is a love language. Now quality time might be. It is really all of them, like you said. <laughs> no, it really is, Olivia, because I'm like, you know, I I used to be like, oh, I don't really care about acts of service. But then I'm like, you know, sometimes like I'm a very independent person and sometimes I'd like to be a little, little less independent if someone wants to surprise me and do something nice, you know? So I think they all have their, their place. You know, I don't think it's... It's just, yeah, one or two of them. I'm down, express them all. And then based on how your date or partner reacts, then you'll know, right? Like ask, right? It's the same thing, ask, and then you'll know. So just explore them all Um, because you never know. They might end up liking something that they didn't realize that they liked. So Um, what, have you had any kind of like really hard lessons from love or like trying to love? whoa um yeah just one just one (laughs) the hard lesson okay I actually prepped for this question because I was like that's that's a lot you know that in itself um I think my lesson is that like things always change right like things always change and evolve and they're not always gonna necessarily be what you expect them to be and like trying to be okay with that. Um, I think like, um, I actually had two answers and I know you only want one. I wrote, sometimes even things you're certain are meant to be don't work out um, was a big one for me. And even the things that you think you can't survive, you will. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I just feel like, going back to being like I'm very all or nothing at the same time as being very all or nothing I'm re- I realized that I'm a, like massive hopeless romantic like <laughs> did you know yes. this about me <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and so sometimes like things 
feel really big and exciting at first and like, oh, this is it, this is it, he's it, it's going to, you know, this is it forever. And then when it doesn't work out, it's really sad and dramatic and like sometimes heartbreaking. And then, so my lesson, like, has kind of been bittersweet. Like even the things that I think are going to work out that don't, like I am more than capable of surviving them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And keep owning that that um, title, right? Like, I am a hopeless romantic, and that's okay. I think that that has shown me that, like, oh, that means I'm a, I have a big heart. I care a lot, right? Like, I really care about who I'm trying to connect with. I really try. I'm not afraid to put in the work for it because I do think, um, I do think that 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 is part of of choosing to love, right? Like you have to choose to do the work. And so that's those these are all like good qualities, like good things. It's just that balance of of recognizing, okay, when do I need to put the boundary up? Okay, maybe this person is not reciprocating what I what I need. Mm -hmm. I might need to reassess this, you know, this relationship. And it's hard and it sucks because you do the the shadow side of the hopeless romantic is that they have this this fantasy and this dream of like it's going to happen this way. Right. And so we romanticize that and mm. reality starts to become like even harder and harder to live in. And so we just keep projecting this, this dream until it all, you know, the person breaks up with us or it doesn't right, work out and right. it all kind of like comes tumbling down. It just suddenly feels like it is a shock to your reality. And I think that that's why it's, it's definitely harder for us to like really move on or process a breakup and everything. Totally. And also just from like the, when you were talking about boundaries there, it's like that phrase of like you teach people how to love you. And then like going back to how like, you know, we've talked about like fixing, wanting to fix situations or like maybe molding ourselves into somebody smaller than we are or different to who we are. And like, so then we are still teaching people how to love us, but in that way, which isn't really how to love us you know and so like that's how I'm really trying to do the work of like you know no this is kind of not I don't want to say expectations but like this is what I'm bringing to the table and like you have to equally meet me there I'm not gonna I, I shouldn't have to try and change anything or, or push anything or support in a way that is like you become my number one thing in the world you know um to to like kind of establish those healthy relationships mm-hmm if you need less, go get less. I am more. I am so much more. Um, when a relationship, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> when a relationship, <laughs> when a relationship doesn't work out for you, how do you heal? You know, through heartbreak. Um, how do I heal? I'm miserable for a while, I think, but I channel it creatively 100 percent. why i haven't got an album like adele's i don't know <laughs> um but i definitely <laughs> i mean i definitely have a lot of plays um and monologues about those things so i feel like i'm my most creative when i'm my most heartbroken um which is horrible isn't it but i guess something good comes out of it um, yeah, I also there's a danger though in that like I'm consciously keep putting myself in heartbreak so I can be creatively like fluid or whatever. That used to be in me in college. Like so many, especially like being in the theater bubble, so many mm -hmm. of my great 
greatest pieces, greatest solo shows and works came out of heartbreak. And I think I was like at a point of like intentionally going on shitty, horrible dates to put myself back in my heartbreak and like have this great performance. And I'm like, I wonder what happy Olivia would write about in a like secure. Whoa. Whoa. What What a, what a, you just blew my mind right there. What are the creative outputs of happy Olivia? Yes, this, this is, this is one of them, this podcast for sure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And then aside from that, obviously, we're both Buddhist. I chant a lot. I think I kind of run away from that to start off with. And I definitely wallow a bit more before really like tackling it in my like Buddhist practice, because that ultimately is like about taking responsibility for yourself. Right. So then you have to face crap that you didn't necessarily want to face. But yeah, like without without that, like. That those two things are definitely my tools for dealing with with heartbreak or breakups or anything really like core shaking. I love that. And yes, I forgot to mention, Francesca and I know each other through practicing Nietzsche and Buddhism, um, which is chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. I'm curious for you, is faith or your 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 you know faith practice um, part or important in while you date? Um, is it important in your partner or anything? Um, yeah, it is important. Um, somebody that's open to my practice, obviously, for sure. And like, I am very much of the opinion, like, as long as your like morals and everything align with mine, then you practice whatever you want to practice. But I'm also not changing my practice for you. Um, because I've also been in situations where like, we practice very different things. Um, and they've eventually been like, oh, yeah, so when you start practicing this or when you join this, and I'm like, oh, that is never happening. Nuh-uh. And so that's important. And then I think through my practice, I actually realized more in – so I feel like I've had a lot of these, like, romantic relationships with similar themes, right? But I've also had those relationships with friends and with employers and kind of in every kind of the, the same tendencies show up, right? Um, and I learned very early on in my practice. So I'm going on nine years of practice in nature and Buddhism. And so I learned very early on in my practice. Um, I was having this big blowout with my best friend at the time. And um, I remember chanting so much about her. And then I realized and I like, you know, read about a a lot of stuff and talked to a lot of other members. And I was like, I actually can't control anybody else. Like, I can't expect the outcome that I want to expect because like they they have their own free will, right? They're going to do whatever they do based on their own tendencies or their own karma or their own trauma or whatever helps inform that. And so I think very early on, one of the key things to my practice was literally like, as much as it is um, you can chant about anything, I can't chant to control what I want in this in this person, in this relationship. I can only really chant about doing the work myself and, like, the best possible outcome for the situation. So Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's my yeah, favorite yeah. part about our practice is that it's, it's yeah, it's like you said, it's not about the other external people or things. Um, it's about you and really making that internal shift 
to start to see that external change, right? Like it radiates outward from us deciding like, okay, I need to, I need to break this pattern. Like I see it as, as I'm, as I'm chanting, like I'll see mm -hmm. my patterns and like, okay, I want to do the change I need inside of me to really shift that and radically transform, you know, my life to be aligned with what it is that I'm, that I'm wanting. Um, and that includes, yeah, all relationships, but uh, you know, particularly in this, in this sense, like romantic relationships, that's, that's been a big part of my work this past year is like, really coming to terms with that pattern and saying, okay, like <laughs> I got to really like make some changes here, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, I love that. And, and, and in the beginning of my dating days, like, because, you know, faith, like it's important to me, but like, I didn't instill it as something that was like important for my partner to have necessarily. It's like you said, as long as we're respectful of each other of, you know, whatever practices that we have, like it's fine. Um, but, I also wasn't like sharing about my faith and my practice for a really long time. Um, maybe just, I don't know, out of nervousness, out of just like yeah. not wanting to seem like too religious or whatever. But I think, you know, when you're dating somebody, you're getting to know somebody again, just being true and authentic to yourself, like share that out front because you might come to realize that, you know, you're, you're, you, you, date, you date and date and date. And then all of a sudden it's like you said, like, oh, actually this is super important to me. And if you're not, my faith, then this isn't going to work out. And it's like, okay, well, we could have squared that away like day one. <laughs> so day one, first day. Share it. You know? Just share it. You know, I don't think it's it's too deep. I think it's just, you know, you don't have to go too far into it, but just like, ex you know, own who you are and express that. Whatever practices, yeah. beliefs, anything that you have, for sure. Totally. Totally. And like, it's interesting what you were talking about, like these patterns in relationships, because I'm really trying like, um, I'm sure you've all got from this now that I've had some like pretty intense, dramatic, um, unsuccessful relationships, or maybe they were successful in the time that they had and that was it, you know, um, but like how not to carry the kind of baggage of past relationships and past tendencies and impose them or project them onto like future dates is like something that I've really really tried to um address and like ch shift myself and I think some of that like going back to childhood and how we're loved as kids like that plays a huge part right like of what we think love is and how and and, and even I was like thinking about this earlier and I was like you know like obviously I had my mom and dad but I also had my grandparents on my mom's side who like pretty much raised me as well because both my parents worked and still do work full time um but like also I lost one of them at a very young age and so like I think there's this fear of you know um maybe never really having full control over the situation or never really having someone forever that like also impacted like the dynamics of of who I am or who I was in my early dating days and you know up until the last kind of few years um heavily impacted the choices I made and who I became in those relationships but also really from like my experience as a kid mm -hmm. absolutely know who you are know where you came from and do the work to slowly detangle yourself from that you know if you need to mm -hmm. um so yeah anything else you want to share or any questions you have for me when do I get a successful date? <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> 
Um, I, you know what? We're both on that. We're, again, we're both on that journey together. So who's going to figure it out first? Whoever figures it out first, we'll just oh tell the other gosh. person, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming You're on welcome. and talking with me today. I love you. Appreciate. I you love you thank too. You. <laughs> thank you Thanks so long. much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Healing Through Love. As always, if you have any comments or questions about today's talk, feel free to reach out on social media at solidarity underscore media, or you can head to solidaritymediaproductions.com to learn more and continue the conversation. If you head to the show notes of this episode, you'll find links on how to get in contact with today's guest. Also, there is a link for you to be a supporter of the podcast by becoming a monthly donor. Any amount helps in expanding the reach and growth of the podcast. So thank you so much for your continued support. If you are listening to this episode on Spotify, we have some fun polls and questions at the bottom of each episode that you can also submit answers to. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye.